Bonjour, Petra Culver. Now, who are you? Bonjour. Bonjour. Comment ça va? Ça, ça va bien? bien? Ça va See, look at you go. Oh my God. That's all I know. It's all she got. It's all de, she wrote. De Montréal à New York. The Big uh, Apple. Lovely. We, we, we. Thank you so much for getting in bed with me. Uh, Only for you. Only for me, yeah. as, as, as close as I can get. And you're like, we actually get a great view of your bedroom. This is nice. It's like a little behind the curtain of Petra's beautiful bedroom. Let's just say you're the only people that have been in here for five years. So it's very <laughs> lovely. <laughs> so I had to double check. I'm like, what cannot be seen here? Nothing. Like, <laughs> everything's, everything, everything's perfect. We'll, uh, if we find anything, Jessica, just, you know. Yeah, like, just block it just out. Just block it out a little bit, but I don't think it'll be necessary. Oh my goodness, so nice to catch up with you. Um, thank goodness for social media that I get to see what you've been up to um, for the past few weeks in particular. And you're so open and honest about your day-to-day -day there that I kind of feel like we're hanging out on social um, almost every day, almost every week. So thank you for being so um, sharing when it comes to that stuff. It's been nice. And now we get to talk a little bit more intimately as we are in bed together. I want to know, first of all, how you're doing, what your days are like, and um, what you're focused on right now. Oh, such a good question. Actually, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, New York, we, we rally. And I think for many people, when you're not in the city where everyone's focused, mm. it's when you're in it, it's like, yeah, so we're just figuring it out. We've got yeah. our masks on, we do social distancing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's good, I go, I'm going for a walk after this with my friends, as long as you're socially distanced apart. Yeah. Um, so as long as I see some humans every three days or so, I'm good, otherwise I become that crazy woman like talking to herself, <laughs> which I do anyway. Um, I have never been ever this productive, Natalie. It's, it's weird. The minute this happened, I shot into like servant leadership. What can I create? How I can. And now I was 10 weeks of doing that. Right. Yeah. And I loved every second building surprising pop-up communities in a way and yeah. connecting people that didn't know each other. And now I'm focused on my future. It's like, okay, what do I want for 2021? And how can I start building my life to yeah. support that? which is the first time I think I've ever thought of it that way. Really? I've never really thought of what does my life, how do I want my life to look? And then what can I do to support my dream versus how can I make some money to survive? Uh -huh. And then when can I make room for my dream? And I've reversed engineered it through this entire time. And I don't know, something's shifting. I am less afraid. I'm less worried about what people will say about me doing something different. And I'm like, look, if this time hasn't taught us, Yes. If not now, when? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know what will. And now we're in it. And I know, you know, there's a, I, I've heard people say something and we're not in the same boat and we're in different, or we're like on a same ship, but on different. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's getting a little bit complicated. But I do feel that there's this shared experience of not knowing, of uncertainty, um, and therefore letting go of the perfection, which we'll talk about a little bit, because that's so in your wheelhouse of the, I feel like that's what I've been at the beginning. And I'm like, It'll be what it'll be. What's the point of me getting anxious about this? Because you know what? Everyone's feeling, everyone's in crisis in some way, shape or form. Everyone's feeling things they've never felt before. If right. anything, this can bring us together. And I was like, if I need to go pick some strawberries this summer, because that's what my community needs, because the strawberries are rotting, then I'll go pick some strawberries. <laughs> I will go where I can serve and, and see where it right. goes. So I love that, that 
yeah, if this has taught us anything, but you need to be open for the lessons. And I think perhaps seeing what you've been through the past few years, going from one of the most sought after presenters in the fitness industry, as it related to, you know, everything you were doing, coaching um, and building choreography and connecting with people and all these things you always did. And then you shifted a little bit and you wrote and you connected with people from a different avenue. Um, is that, do you think that was a bit of a springboard to you being able to develop some agility and seek out new opportunities or ways to serve? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the timing's ironic, right? So I was, perfectionism was a part of my message for a long time. And then just last year, I was really seeing now it was more about, it all comes from positive psychology. All my teaching comes from the lens of not ignoring what's not going well, but like, how can we make the most of what is going right? Looking at our mm -hmm. strengths versus our gaps. And so last year I had kind of pivoted my message more to confidence. Because okay. what I was seeing is the difference now between those that do and those that don't. Mm -hmm. Those who are on the stage doing presenting versus mm -hmm. those who would like to be on the stage has very little to do with talent. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it's that little gap of, am I really worthy of being on that stage? Oh, wow. Do I really, do I really belong there? Do I really have something unique to say? Mm -hmm. And that's where my interest went, Mally, because I saw the difference between the people that were doing it and those who weren't. It came down to this, this, this gap of, it, it, it's so small, mm -hmm. but it will make the difference of you living a life of your dreams versus getting to the end of your life and looking back and living a life of regrets. And that's, as I think I got, as I got older, yeah. I was like, oof, if I want to help anyone in anything, that's what I want to help them with because I've lived on both sides of that message. Which is an interesting perspective because I find those of us that are like public speaking, if I put presenting and, you know, being on stage and everything in the same category, I would have rather done eight hours of public speaking than a written report my entire life. And so for you to have this piece of empathy having not sympathy or compassion but really mm -hmm. true empathy having yeah. lived through it i feel like it's a compelling place for you to be able to for that to resonate with people who who are on the other space of it and you're like you have everything you need but it feels like no matter how many times people tell them that something's missing as you said right yeah and it's that i talk a lot about is the distance between your head and your heart huh. you know your heart knows what it wants to do to make sure I've got no cleavage going on here. Hold on. Just a little um, bit more. I'm okay. trying to sell. Yeah. <laughs> whatever I'm, it takes. No matter what I do, unless I wear a turtleneck, I, whatever. It is what it is. Uh, but it's that, it's that, that your heart is telling you, you have a message. Mm. The world needs your voice. And your head is going, mm, but really, do you? Because mm. this person way back when said, oh, you got that evaluation like 10 years ago that told you they didn't like you. So it's this whole idea of do we live a life based on what other people are going to think of us, which at the end of the day is it. Right. I think it's two things people are nervous of. It's a fear of failing whatever that means, and then the fear of being judged. Mm. And it's interesting, Natalie, this time right now, these past 10 weeks when we mm. do this recording, is uh, the big thing I had, I, you know, I wrote a whole book on perfectionism, but I thought I'd done the work, mm. and I'm moving into a new piece of uh, um, income building, let's put it that way, and it's very much in alignment with what I've done before, but it's a different model. And man, did I have to do some inner work about, mm, what are they going to say that Petra Colbert is doing this? And I, I coach on this all the time. Like, who are they? I don't know. And it was just really interesting, mm. the lessons I've learned about myself 
during this time of being quiet and really looking at the stuff that's going to our own glass ceiling at the end of the day for yeah. many of us is, is our belief. Interesting. Because you mentioned, I mean, you think of, you know, who is she to do that? Because you've gone from, like I said, teaching to presenting to, you know, being an educator and all those other things and then focused on writing. Then you were like a DJ. <laughs> You're such a good DJ. Because I remember, I can't remember which year it was, Camp Pro Party, the World Fitness Expo or Toronto Conference, I don't know, 2017, 2018. And I'm like, she is such a good DJ. This that is was last year. Was it? Last that year. feels like an eternity ago. It was almost oh, blame Mo Hagen for that. I mean, yeah. seriously, that and that's what I talk about, Natalie. You need someone to hold you accountable to your dreams. Yeah. Because I had this idea of DJing, and and uh, um, Maureen was at my book party a year prior. Yeah. I just can't. You know, the book had just come out a day before, and now people are going. So now, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to take a nap. Yeah. But just wrote a book. And I casually mentioned DJing and Mo and Mike Pipitone and Mike Babbitt from Yes Fitness came. And so they held me accountable for the next year to my dream. Because I wow. say, we'll give up on our dream long before it gives up on us. Oh, oh. And it's fun. And you did a bunch of different things and then you pivoted to that. And it's that idea of pivot. So it's what we're hearing a lot about right now, which is, you know, asking instructors, trainers, clubs, everything else to pivot to virtual and then to reinvent and to, you know, accept what it is and what it's not. And it's a lot of conversations that um, I'm having too with people in terms of where their comfort zones are and kind of like, do I have to, is it going to be different? And yeah, but there's all these celebrities that are doing it on virtual. So who am I to be this little instructor trainer doing something like that? And, and the conversations I have with people, I'm like, but you're the one that knows them. You're the one that connects with them, whatever you do, finding those spaces. And I mean, I taught last Saturday and at the end of class, I'm like, that felt good. And I feel like everybody deserves the feeling of doing what they do best, figuring out a way to be authentic and feeling good again. It's different, but it was still good, you know, to be able to connect with those things. And I think it's tough because again, like you said, we're, we're worried about being judged. We're worried about what people will think of us, especially when we're putting ourselves on the internet <laughs> and seeing what comes out there. Are you getting a lot of instructors and trainers telling you that they're not sure where to go because life's going to be different? Well, you know, also, can we take a time out? Can you hear me okay? Because these, yes. these are not working. All right. So you can hear me okay? Yes. All right. I'll keep them in for continuity. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so um, I actually, it's interesting. So I've had these two organic community groups pop up that I okay. was facilitating twice a week, really, for the past 10 weeks. And... I don't have, I think because people don't see me now as that person who's out there teaching every day in the mm. fitness industry. So those were the conversations I was having, but it's more like, who do I want to be when I grow up and who, mm. what kind of trainer do I want to be on the other side of this? And I think for me, I think this is a message. Many of us, we could have been thinking about prior to this moment. Mm that it's you are a messenger you are a change agent mm. the movement was just a part of the vehicle yeah i think where we might okay. have made a mistake was we thought the movement was the calling card yeah well in reality it's you it's yeah. your message it's the words the language in between the sets and the reps and the you know and the workout methodology and i think if we 
our industry, I which I love dearly, if we come back the same way as mm. what we, as before, we're doing such a disservice to ourselves, yeah. Yeah. to the people that need our help. And if we can start finally, not just talking about it, right? But looking at the mind, body, spirit, life, dream, yes. connection. Yes. When we get to tie people's workout plans into their goals and their dreams and their life. And I've said this before, but this beautiful thing, it's not the end result. Mm. This is just the vehicle that's going to move them into that life of their dreams. Mm. Then I think our industry is just going to grow and expand and really become the messenger that it was meant to be that I think we maybe we took a side alley down here. Like, Oh, if you look like this, you get the six pack. If you get that's the, the success. Yeah. But what about if it's not what you look like, but how you're feeling? Are you, do you have the energy to go for your dreams? Do you believe in yourself as you're doing these workouts? Yeah. How do these workouts impact yourself outside of the gym? That's a conversation I've always been interested in. And I think now people, they don't need to know the workout. They need to know that you have their back. Mm. They need to know that they're in a safe space. They need to know that they can trust you. They need to know that you're going to help them wow. deal with their anxiety, their stress level, their post-traumatic stress, because that's the people we're going to be dealing with. So, or that's the embodiment of the emotions they're going to be bringing to us. So what hard work can we do to change nothing to do with the workout, but how are we delivering the message? It's interesting. And that's what I'm hearing a lot about. You know, you see stuff on social, like I've gained this many pounds and this and that and everything else. But um, I'm working with, with the coalition here with clubs in Quebec about reopening and, and the stuff I'm getting from testimonials from the, the clubs that aren't open yet. And they're like, I have a client who has angina and she also has a little bit of like, you know, social anxiety. And the fact that she's doing it indoors for her is helpful in some ways, but in other ways, she doesn't see me the way that she used to. And I'm just, and they're carrying the stuff they're, they're not carrying the pounds. They're not carrying the bodies. They're carrying the hopes and the dreams and everything else. And, and so I think it'll be an, an open door to to all of that and speak i hear people speak about mind body more than i did before there's you know crossfit studios offering yoga virtually now because they're like well, people need some help <laughs> and the, the feedback that they're getting isn't a oh i wish my arms looked like what they used to it's a i'm losing my mind i'm struggling with this i'm not sleeping well i'm you know that piece of it i find is so much more obvious. Yes, I do. I hope we grab onto it because um, we are the change agents when it comes to that and, and with the skills that we need. And I'm going to tell you, so I've, I forgot to tell you about this before we started recording, but Mo actually said, you gave me such a, a clue into some of the stuff that I'm doing because you know I talk about soft skills a lot. I'm the soft skills girl. And Mo said that you said that we should really look into it as essential skills. I say the soft, soft skills of the Yes, yeah, soft skills of the past are the hard skills of the future. Mm. Those optional <laughs> skills. I'm like, girl. <laughs> but I mean, listen, look, yeah. I, was, I, I spoke, I've spoken to quite a few corporations recently that I wouldn't normally have spoken to because I had just had an article come out around resilience mm. and then great and positive psychology, which is all like, oh, that's very nice. I'll get to that when I have time. Well, my bottom yeah. line is good and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And now they're seeing like, you cannot ignore this stuff. No. If you are not coming with empathy and compassion and know how to do appreciative inquiry and ask high powered questions and listen well, 
I think you're going to be irrelevant. And so the skills that we mm. need now have changed forever. Because as you said, we're going into a new world. The world we knew has changed forever mm. and hopefully for the better. Mm -hmm. So how can we bring different skills and maybe harness some additional skills that maybe we thought were optional, but will be our, you know, actually the calling card that we're going to lead with yeah. in the future. And I think, I think we all have them. We just don't, um, we don't think about them a whole lot. I think there's assumptions made. I think if you ask instructors or trainers what the best skills are in their industry, what the best you know, trainers and instructors have, they'll talk about passion and listening and compassion and connection and all of those other things. And I ask the question all the time and nobody's ever like, you know, best program design or choreography patterns or that's never what sets us apart yet when we're prepping, that tends to yeah. be where we go. Of right. Course. It's not going to be yeah. like, am I in the right mindset to teach a class today? Maybe I should meditate a little bit before. Maybe the yoga instructors will do it, but I don't see, you know, other people are like, where's my playlist? Where's my this? Where's my that? What am I going to do? What exercises am I going to do? And then the rest we assume will be there. But I think now we're realizing that, yeah, to access that, tap into it because it's yeah. there. Right, Petra? Yeah. And all the other stuff is so important. That to me is the, it's the strong foundation, right? The, mm. the more we have our music ready, the more we've done our practice, yeah. the more we're rehearsed we are, then we can let all of that go mm. and stop. I think the thing that we, we, it's hard for us to let go of is we're fixers. We want to fix everything. I, I got the right thing for you. I know how to help you, but people don't want to be fixed. They just want a space where they can be. And if we can be that leader that holds a space for them to be just as they are and ask different questions and maybe different cueing and then listen well, there's nothing to fix. We are just that gateway, that catalyst that helps the person, the class in front of us find the answers for themselves. Mm. That was really powerful. <laughs> that was really powerful. I'm going to want to listen to that piece again. Yeah, we are fixers. Yeah. And it's part of our innate nature, but the problem yeah. with that, and listen, as a, look, I'm a codependent fixer that I'm trying to work on, so I'm, yeah. I'm the queen of all of that. But when we fix, we don't allow room for self-discovery within our clients and our students. Yeah. And we also don't listen. Yeah. We think we're listening, mm -hmm. but we're getting ready for the perfect answer. It's yes. really interesting. I used to think, Nally, that I was an enthusiastic listener. <laughs> I would interrupt. Like, That's good. But I'd be interrupting. I'm like, no, 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 no. I wasn't, I wasn't listening. I was already ahead. Like you tell me, I, before I said, how can I help you? As you're saying, da, 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 da. I'm, or, I'm already 10 steps ahead of you. Like, yeah. I know how to help you. No, I don't. No. But how can I just hold a space so you get to figure it out for yourself and ask the right like i love this quote i'm gonna mess it up it was something like um oh without a good question answers have nowhere to go mm. isn't that good so yeah, if we're just question. saying like for example when i used to teach a lot of classes like how are you doing i really wasn't asking how you're doing because yeah. i'm like i know they're doing great you know I, how interesting would it be to ask a different question and mm. i don't and that takes that takes thought yeah it's easy to say you look great, how are you doing, are you feeling it, da, da, da. but to ask a really powerful question that makes them go, oh. So at, the, at the speed of most workouts <laughs> or a lot of workouts, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, so hence the prep and hence being in the right mindset to do those kinds of things. 
Those are some incredible takeaways for all of us to leave with, whether it, and I mean, you know, in group fitness, it being challenging because oftentimes it's one way or it's streaming or there's a lot of people, the challenges are different than in personal training yeah. or in coaching and everything else where you do have that space. But I still think it happens even without the music and the choreography and a hundred people. I think it happens in our industry in general um, yeah. because we're there to help, but help sometimes comes off as fix. And it's all from a loving space. Yes. It's all from such a good space. Yeah. But I'm wondering if we could leave more space, mm. you know, a little more gaps, a little more quiet time, a little quiet. More, <laughs> few more water breaks, you know? Yeah. I mean, little talking. Look, I am not good at that. Look, it's really like, oh, gosh, years ago, I'll never forget this. I was editing a VHS tape I did. Okay, years ago. Had to, yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> And we had to uh, do the entire audio over. It was a long story. I had in the space of 30 minutes, Natalie said, good, 250 times. Yeah. Good, good. So I, I'm, although I'm sharing this, it's a, I'm, a, I'm a work in progress. I am learning to try and listen in the present versus being future fixer focused if that yeah. makes sense yeah. and gosh i am so not there yet because i you know but it's and it's hard work to really be present but let's just maybe what could how could i maybe approach this a little differently not that what we're doing is wrong no what everyone's been doing has been phenomenal they're already change agents but maybe we add on another layer um of of appreciative inquiry and and see what else we could pull out from our classes, from our clients that could serve them in this new world that they're stepping into. And I think it's a perfect fit and it's a perfect transition because we tend to be people who love to grow, who love to develop, who love to learn um, and are learning opportunities now um, are present more than they ever have before if we keep listening. Um, yeah. So we have, we, if we keep an eye on it, the learning opportunities there with patience and, and self-awareness and patience with ourselves. And so. And no self-judgment. Yeah. Take that off the table, people. We are really good as an industry at judging ourselves really harshly. Mm. So no self-judgment. Please tell me how, uh, as we, as we close off, and I don't want to, I want to talk to you for two hours, but I'm going to be respectful of you and everybody else's time. Tell me as we close off those moments of presence, those moments of gratitude for you. How do you find them? What are they right now? Where are you? Where do you marvel at what you see around you? Mm, what a great question to end with. Central Park. <laughs> when I get out into nature, I, yeah. and I'm lucky, you know, I, I live very, even though I live in the Gotham jungle, you know, the uh, concrete jungle, I'm close enough to the river and also Central Park, like nice. just 10 minutes away. So I try and get up most mornings a little early. So it's very quiet. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, a, I'm away from people enough. I can take the mask off for a little bit of time and simply just sitting and discovering new parts of the park that mm -hmm. I haven't been in before and listening to the birds and smelling the scents. Ah, so deeply grateful. And I'm so deeply grateful for moments like this and meeting new people and a future yet to be written and redefining mm -hmm. how we all want to show up in this world and, and grateful for a global awakening in a way mm. where it's no more you and I, mm. we're in this together and mm. how can we right, raise each other up and help each other move forward in a loving and compassionate and non-competitive way. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And we'll put everything here so people know where to find you as well as your photos of Central Park, which you post 
almost every day. And it's almost always so morning. lovely to Obnoxiously see. Obnoxiously so, yeah. It's been, you know what, you're about three weeks ahead in the, in the season, I think. And I'm like, where is she getting all this? And I kept looking outside, but now we have green here too. And so yeah. if we have green in Montreal, I think a lot of places in the world are starting to see spring and there's an awakening. There's mother nature awakening, inviting us to awaken. So thank you for your kindness, your generosity, your open-heartedness as always. I miss you. I love you. I can't wait to see you again. Um, and I wish you well. Yeah, we're doing it these. Ugh. Uh, and I can't wait for us to connect again, either virtually or in person, because um, you come through the screen as always. And I'm so grateful for you. Ah, merci beaucoup. Au merci revoir. Au revoir.